All right, we're back for episode 10. With Brother Will and Father Demetrius, this time with the record button on. <laughs> yeah. So we lost about three minutes there. <laughs> Let's get some lo fi in. But uh, yeah, we're actually, before we realized, and by we, I mean me, realized I did not hit the record button. We were actually talking about how it's kind of awesome that this copyright free music is just there for YouTube. Study beats, lo fi, rock, what have you. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny to me that now you can go on like a live YouTube channel and this is just playing 24 7. Yeah. Whatever you want to listen to it, it's pretty funny. Yeah, and again, I you know I just love that the guy that came up with this stuff, the stuff I use, Stream Beats, Harris Heller. You know, he he started off as a Twitch streamer. He got pretty big on Twitch, and then he uh, transitioned over to YouTube because he thinks the platform's a little better off. But then he, um, you know, he wanted to make sure he gave back. So even though he had to fight tooth and nail and pay a lot of money to do things right to avoid copyright infringement and plagiarism and all that stuff. He wanted to make a better method for the new guys, for people like us that do not have a budget to pay for that. Right. <laughs> Take out some of the barriers. <laughs> you see that actually a lot. Like it makes me think of uh, Louis C.K. Um, he releases his specials like on his website. Yeah, so he's not going through somebody else, you know, and it just direct, you know, you direct payment to him. And I guess part of that's the power of the Internet. You know, you don't have those gatekeepers like you did before. Exactly. To well, a certain extent. Look at the uh, the rapper Tom McDonald. Right. You know, I mean, he's somewhat controversial at times, but, you know, I mean, he actually had a big thing. I can't remember if he sued or just complained very vocally against, um, you know, Billboard Top 100s, etc., because of the way they refuse to count, you know, he, he's a, you know, he's a very conservative rapper out of uh, Florida and he sells everything direct. And uh, so Billboard's like, well, we can't verify your numbers. And he's like, here's my back end. Log yeah. into my website. Don't care. Yeah, no, he, he cared. He, he, he gave them full access to his store. It's like, look, here's my login. Check my facts. You think I'm lying? Check it. Here's, yeah. here's all the credit card numbers. You know, you saw that really with the the burgeoning of the internet. You know, all these, like in my uh, senior journalism class, we just finished up a documentary called Page One. Mm -hmm. It's about the New York Times around 2011 when, um, you know, the newspaper business was really changing. They were starting yeah. to lose some money. and Paper apocalypse. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there used to be a few select outlets that you could get your news from you know you had like the new york times you had the washington post and those were like you know they were like the high priests of the information that you were given mm -hmm. and now it's so ubiquitous that you don't need those you don't need them anymore you can get your information from thousands of places you know yeah i mean but i think that's sort of the interesting setup like you know i was looking at that uh recently like the debate um, you know, because uh, today, actually, the day of recording this, Elon Musk unbanned some people. Yeah, including Jordan Peterson. Yeah, which Jordan was never actually banned officially. He was just, you know, in Twitter jail. They told him he had to apologize and delete something. He goes, no, I ain't deleting none. What I said was factually correct. 
Right. You know, he, he refused to blink. And he basically did that, I don't need you. And that's one thing, like, I do think, though, because even as much as the information access has been democratized, has been made probably the most open it's ever been in human history. I mean, the sheer fact that we have access to the, you know, in the developed world, 99% of people probably have access, if they want it and are willing to learn it, to everything you can imagine through the internet in your pocket right? 24-7. Even homeless guys in town here have cell phones with data packages. Right. You know, which is an awesome, I ain't gonna lie. I know some people in the more conservative realm don't like the idea of the uh, the government giving out, you know, you know, phones. In fact, I, I heard many a family member call them, you know, the Obama phones. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I definitely think it's a great pack because how are you going to even apply for a job if they can't call you? Yeah. You know, how are you going to know there's a job posting if you can't look it up? Right. And, uh, you know, and some people, you know, it's not like the old days. You know, like my dad, you know, my dad got his second career uh, working for uh, then uh, Leapfrog, later Spiltech, which is a subdivision of New Pig. They make stuff to absorb industrial waste. You know, he got it by seeing a posting and then, you know, he, he did it the old-fashioned way. He showed up with my brother hand in hand, apologized to the uh, to the factory um, manager. And it's like, you know, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't have daycare. I, you know, I had, to, I had to bring the, you know, I wanted to apply for the job. I saw the post and I wanted to get here immediately. And, you know, I, I you know, and <laughs> apparently the manager who was a family man, and, I, and I've, I've met him a couple of times. I've actually had a beer with him since I've been of age, actually. About two years ago, he was at uh, a pub my aunt owns. But, uh, you know, he actually said, you know, that was one of the reasons he hired my dad. Because he but showed up in person? With, with, person with, with a kid. With, yeah. You know, he knew he was willing to work. But, where's I going with this? But, um, but I do think that's one of the crazy things when it comes to pull it back to, like, information access. There's still 90% of your information is controlled by the gatekeepers. Right. You know, I think we saw that with, you know, the, uh, well, with, you know, the false news and fact checking. You know, I remember when the pandemic was going on and a couple people from uh, Johns Hopkins here in the States, you know, put out data doing a, trying to do a statistical breakdown and analysis of, you know, which normally happens with pandemics, the breakdown of those who died of the disease versus those who died with the disease and they got you know labeled as factually incorrect and you know a fact checker needed to say it was wrong and you know and i remember john Hopkins, who were the keepers at the time of the national data they're like how how were you able to fact check us like you didn't request access to the information none of your people ran a statistical analysis like our lady did mm -hmm. Who's been working with the information? Like, huh? Yeah. And I do think that is one sign that as much as it has become free, it's still not like a, you know, there's still, you know, the the corporate overlords who control what we see. Yeah, you know, especially with those, uh, like the fact-checking sites, like you said, like, I guess you would just immediately seem, assume, oh, it's a fact-checking website. It must be unbiased. Exactly. Even that's not true. 
Exactly. You, know, you look at these websites like Media Matters and stuff, they're, they're pretty obviously biased. Well, that was an activity I used to make the seniors do when I taught contemporary issues. I'd get the same news story on multiple news outlets. I usually tried to find it on uh, MSNBC, Fox News, and then either BBC, CBC, which is Canadian Broadcasting, or um, Al Jazeera US. And then I would delete out any clue saying where it came from. And they'd have to read all three accounts of the same, exact same story, exact same reporting. And they'd have to list the facts of the story, any spin, and I define spin as like the, you know, the, the selective tweaking but not hiding information. Uh-huh. And then any bias, which was trying to get you to think a certain way. Right. And then they had to try to guess why. You know, what was the agenda right. of the article? And, you know, one thing I said to him, you know, it's one thing people have always told me, even people that work for, say, Fox News. You know, we, you know, we, well, I know at least some people that are, you know, pretty high up in that organization. And, uh, you know, great guys. But like even they said, you know, like, look, this is about selling ad revenue. This is a business. Right. You know, we got to, we, we got to make sure the lights are on. Right. That's what, uh, that was actually a part of the, uh, an ending part of that page one documentary because the, uh. The media journalist that the documentary follows is a guy named David Carr, who is since deceased. But uh, he was writing a story about the Tribune Media Company, I think, and it was it it was uh, handed over to this guy who he was really more of a business guy than a journalism guy, mm-hmm. and you know. If it's if if you take it more from the perspective of business, it's all about your bottom line. Exactly. Right? So, you know, whereas if you were a more purely journalism guy, I, I guess there's more like an an idealism behind that. You know, speaking truth to power and you know writing the truth and stuff like that, and not sensationalizing things. But if you're taking it from a business perspective and you're running a media website, you're gonna you're gonna try to get the most clicks and eyes that you can, and the way that you do that is to be as salacious as possible or to be as controversial as possible, et cetera, yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, it's interesting to think about how much of that th- kind of thinking goes into, you know, say like a New York times or a wall street journal, right? More, more sort of traditional journalism, you know, media outlets, but they also have to make a buck too. Right. 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 And I, you know, I don't fall in for that and I don't fall. And again, that's where I guess I'm, uh, I'm torn, I guess, like my sort of my libertarian stance is torn because I also believe, you know, if it's your company, you could do whatever the heck you want. Do what you want. Yeah. If you, if you want to have a certain rule that, then that's your rule. If I want to use your stuff, that's, that's what I agree to. You know, that's one of the reasons I, I I definitely think I I might be one of maybe 10 people in the country that actually read terms of services before I click the box. (laughs) But, you know, it's definitely a factor because... You know, I mean, ain't nothing free. You know, like, look at all the data analytics Apple gets by using their phone. Uh-huh. Or Google from Android or Samsung. Or Google from using their, you know, their Gmail suite. You know? Right. You know, th- there's a reason they give it to you. Right. And it's not because they're good people that want to better the world. It's because they're making money. They're farming you for information they're dialing in that analytics and they're making, you know, Skynet even powerful. Right. Or more powerful. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with 
media outlets making money. I mean, you have to do that if you want to survive. I would say if they were more forthright with saying, you know, what they were in the first place. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't think anyone goes to Infowars.com expecting hard-hitting journalism. Right? It's it's Except for the ones that do. And then that's where you're like, okay, you drank the Kool-Aid, huh, man? While some of it may be true, most of it probably isn't. Yeah. And, you know, they should say up front that they're more of an entertainment website and, you know, in the vein of like National Enquirer or something like that. Exactly. Um, So I think that that's where a lot of the lines are blurred in in, uh, journalism is that, you know, people purport to be quote unquote objective or unbiased journalists, you know, meanwhile offering their opinions on X, Y, and Z. Exactly. That's bias. (laughs) You're, if you're, if you're a, a hard news journalist, you you're not supposed to offer your opinion. You're you're not supposed to be a part of the story. It's what happened, where did it happen, when did it happen, who was involved, what did they say about it? Yep. You know. Well, that came up recently with uh, NBC and MSNBC getting sued for something. I forget what it was, but NBC, the parent company, literally called MSNBC an entertainment network. I'm just like, wow, you put that in a court filing. You officially called, you know, your cable, quote unquote, news network, an entertainment network. And I'm just like, wow, you really, you really put that on paper. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious if you, if you, if you watch it for any length of time. Oh, yeah. You know, channels like that. And, you know, people always rag on Fox News like, oh, it's, you know, a right wing, you know, Republican propaganda, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, Fox News really was a response to there not being a more conservative leaning news outlet on the airwaves. They were all leaning one way. Well, and, and I think that's what we're seeing in the country as a whole. You know, even like in this recent election, you know, like most elections went like, 43, 45, you know, like it was, they were tighter than anybody expected. And I think that's just going to show the, as one side pushes more one way, the other side's pushing more the other and ain't nobody coming to center anymore. It just fragments. Yeah. Yeah. And the, okay, if you're going to do that, we're going to do it too. And then you get people that are like looking at it going like, what? Right. You know, you see a lot of these new startups now that their whole their whole shtick is, uh, we actually do news journalism. <laughs> yeah, because because it's become so biased on both sides wherever you go that you don't know what's true anymore. And their whole thing is like, we just tell you, like I said, what happened, where it happened, when it happened, who was involved, what did they yep. say about it? You know. Well, that's one thing I guess uh, in the UK they've recently tried a cable news network or a broadcast. I, I forget how. TV in the UK is weird. Like, like you pay a tax for it or something. Like, it, like it's different. You need to buy a license or something to have a TV. Like, it, it, it's weird how they do it. Um, but they started like a twenty-four hour like U.S. They called it a U.S. style cable news network. With Piers Morgan and stuff like that. And it just uh, bombed. Because in Britain, though they're not as solid in it as they once were, they're still more the just tell us the facts of the story. Don't tell us what to think about it. Just tell us what physically happened. 
Okay, there was a guy that attacked people on the street with a machete. How many people were hurt? Okay, did anybody die? Okay, cool. Don't tell us machetes need to be banned. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. Let us talk about that. Let the politicians talk about that. You just tell the people what happened. Right. You know, and that, that's how news used to be. Like, you know, when there was only like, five, you know, whatever, five news broadcasts. Like, yeah. Walter Cronkite, like, you know, these old yeah. school guys. Well, that's one thing I used to do. I used to show the kids some clips of Walter Cronkite delivering stories like pre-Vietnam War, Walter Cronkite. And I, I could still see a look on some of the kids um, when you're in uh, contemporary issues because they're just like, wait, all, all he's doing is saying what happened. Like, yeah. That's called journalism. Yeah, he's, but he's not, he's like, he's not telling you why it's important. He trusts that you'll know what's important. Right. And if it's, if it's important enough to tell you, then that should tell you something too. Uh-huh. You know, that's the other hard part of it is that I guess you can make an argument that even if you are purely fact-based, the, the stories that you decide to cover and give the front page to, there is an element of bias within that, Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Picking where something gets placed, you know, picking where something gets, you know, like, like, like that's one of the funniest things. Like, I really think there needs to be a rule somewhere, even if it's just an ethics rule or, or something that wherever the story ran, that's the same level of attraction of it has to go. Because like, even like, look at that, look at how many stories run on the front page. And then a retraction or a qualification. It's on page 32. Yeah, it's right. on page 32 <laughs> and like, you know, itty bitty like size four font or something. And Is you're anyone like, actually reading it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, but but it covers their their um, their backside when it comes to, you know, it's like, well, we retracted it. Look. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, it's like when you put up a sign that says, you know, trespassers will be shot. Yeah. It's like, okay. Eh. Uh, maybe you shouldn't shoot the guy that broke down on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, journalism's changed so much over the last, just maybe 20 years even. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I don't even know where it could go from here, really, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's kind of crazy. Like, I, I think a lot of that stuff, a lot of, like, your... I actually don't think it's going to like die out and because I, I think people are getting sick of it. Yeah. I think a lot of the generation that's lost to it are already lost. But I think there's an increasingly number of people that are looking at the polarization, that are looking at the chaos of it, that are looking at the selective wording of stuff. And they're looking at it going, wait, what? Why should, why should I listen to these people? Exactly. Why should I trust these people? You know, because, you know, and let's not lie, most of your news networks now, as they get caught sugarcoating stuff, as they get caught being selective in what they put, how they put it, how they write it, they're losing that, you know, appeal to authority argument that you used to be able to get. Like, New York Times, The Washington Post, etc., used to be able to be like, we are the authority, therefore, whatever we say is true. Right. You know, look, you must trust us. we're old school print media. You should trust us over a website. Right. You shouldn't believe this guy on Twitter. Right. And now it's coming out like sometimes like, you know, when I'm, you know, I probably shouldn't get into specific stories, but like, like even like in the past two years, some, some of those stories that, you know, the major news outlets called crackpot theories and the dude being the, the crazy conspiracy, you know, insert whatever slur you wanted to put against them turned out to be true. Yeah. Well, you know, you go on Twitter 
take a story like Kyle Rittenhouse, yeah. right? There was a certain narrative that a lot of the media outlets had, right? Yeah. Then, then a bunch of guys post just just video, yeah, to Twitter, yeah, no commentary, no extra writing that you have to read, yep, just the video, yep. That that is truth there, yeah, right? Because you can see things that happen that you know the the other media outlets weren't telling you, or they were spinning it in a way that was in their favor, yeah. favored a certain side of the aisle. Or look at that uh, that young man from um, the Covington High School. Yeah, Nick Sandman. Yeah, you know, like all you saw a news outlet after news, which is why he won a major settlement. He won a lot of money. Um, and actually, Rittenhouse hired the same lawyers. Um, but he won a lot of money. Um, because he was able to show, like, look. They had access to the full video, which showed me telling everybody to calm down, not getting in these guys' faces, me just doing my thing on this March for Life as a responsible Catholic who cared about the lives of children. And all I had to do was, you know, I was there, I was calming stuff down, but yet all you showed was this clip of people in my face and me smirking and making me look like the bad guy because you cut out three or four minutes of me telling everybody like yeah, let him be let him be let him speak his piece let him be let him be right they, they framed it as look at this smug white kid blocking the way for this nice native american man right when actually it was it was quite the opposite this group of covington catholic high school students were uh were just standing waiting for a bus i think yeah and this guy approached them yeah, you know, beating his drum and all that. Yeah, and then weeks later, he tried to like bust into a church, a Catholic church, while it was going. You know, yeah, just yeah. Well, and, and the guy doubled down. Like I remember, he went on the news and like backed up his argument for it. And like then people finally started posting the actual, you know, fuller clips, and, and you realized, oh wow, we jumped to the wrong conclusion here. Right, right. And I fell for it too. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. Like when I saw it, I'm like, oh look at this, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, I, I thought of it too, because like you know, like. I've seen kids act that way, like, hmm, right. I'm not gonna t not touching you, not touching you, right. not touching me, <laughs> <Right>, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, uh huh. And then I'm like, and then you see the full clip, I'm like, ooh, mia culpa, mia maxima culpa. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but it's you know, it's one of those things where I, I think, and that's one of the things I think that's horrible. Like, even look at some of the most recent like major money losses on Twitter because people use Twitter Blue to verify themselves, right. And you didn't, people didn't even bother to check the handle or even hover over it because you were able to hover over the check mark and see if it was verified, verified, or a Twitter blue verification. Nobody could take the two seconds to check that. And people got away with tweets that just tank stocks. Like right, the, right. the one pretending to be the insulin company. Yes. You know, and just literally cost people millions of dollars. Right. And that's something I didn't think about with when Musk announced that. And it sounds like it's something he didn't think about either. Right. Right. I mean, it sounds like an okay idea. Okay, fine. Subscribe. But yeah. how do you know that this people is the people, the person is who they say he or she is? Exactly. Something. And my thing with that too is like, even if like we're, it's like, say you did it like your handle has to be your legal name. That way we can talk to your credit card, your billing, da, 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 da. You know, like then I have all kinds of new issues with it. Cause yeah, we know that that's the person that's doing it. But then I'm like, okay, now we've just created a database of, now you're able to tie all these statements to me. Yeah. Not that I'm doing shady things online or saying things online that I wouldn't want brought back to me, but at the same time, it's like, 
why, why do we need database after database after database after database? You know, why does the NSA still keep a copy of the metadata of every single cell phone used in the U.S.? Yeah. Like, why? Why do we need petabyte after petabyte after petabyte of metadata? Right. That just came up recently with uh, uh, Facebook. Yeah. And the FBI guy Christopher Ray was being interviewed by a Senate committee, and they asked him about that. They said, is Facebook supplying you with data like without you going through the proper protocol of like yeah whatever asking them for and da, 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 yeah da. and he couldn't really answer the question oh he could he just didn't want to yeah and that's one thing where again like the libertarian to me is like look the terms of service if you've actually read the terms of service facebook you have no promise of anonymity you have no promise that they won't just hand everything over to the government there, there's no real promise there right and that's what's scary is just how many people like sheep just click sure. Yeah. Makes me think of the South Park episode. <laughs> I love that South Park episode. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm going to click okay to that. <laughs> Why won't it read? <laughs> yeah, some, you know, South Park, the South Park creators and their infinite wisdom somehow managed to connect the Apple terms of service to everyone's favorite horror movie body horror movie human centipede yeah that was a that was a messed up episode <laughs> and that came out i mean that was a long time ago too when did that come out when was the human centipede i think it was oh i was in college starting in 2006 i want to say it's somewhere between 2006 and 2010 i could be wrong but i think there were a few sequels to that movie too oh yeah, well there, there, there was i mean it, creating, it got weird. Creating an even larger centipede. Yeah. So South Park did the spoof in 2011. So like... So that's probably, yeah, between 20, 2006 and 2010. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's how long we've been having this debate about just blindly signing EULAs. Yeah. Like, in, in the point where, like, even South Park's making fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... You know, talk about a show that uh, they've survived all the, you know, political correctness, uh -huh. you know, oh, you know, you can't say that on television or this is too disgusting, blah, 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 blah. And now it's like a thing with them. It's like, oh, the South Park said this. That, that's just South Park. Right. You know? <laughs> well, it's because I think they've been logically consistent. They have a rule. You know, the creators have made it very clear. They have a single rule, which is everything is fair game right we make fun of everyone equally yeah that's how it should be and and i can tell you from watching it as a catholic priest the stuff when they make fun of the catholic church there's at least some writers on that show that go to mass regularly because they get facts that you would not get right like when we switched over from the and also with you to and also with your spirit you know and with your spirit like they made the switch in the show uh so it's like all right, well, somebody went to at least Easter Church. I think that's why it lands so well, and that's why they've been so successful, is because they're they're smart people. Yeah. They're not making fun of people in a dumb way. No. It's like, it's like they're making fun of people in like a highly intelligent way. But with the same slapstick, the same college humor, the same like shock value, the same, you know. Yeah. No, and it also helps that they can turn on an episode a week. <laughs> yeah. 
I watched, uh, there's a cool documentary on YouTube called like Six Days to Air. Yeah, I've it's seen about that. that of, you know, them trying to get a, and it's so, I love like, like reading about like a, a novelist routine. I get mm -hmm. up at five, then I have a cup of coffee, then I sit down at six, then I have to get a thousand words before I get up and have something to eat or something like yeah. that. You know? Or like watching the behind the scenes process of the South Park. You know, it's just Matt and Trey, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Mm -hmm. They're in a conference room, and then there's other writers around them. I think in the documentary, Bill Hader was there, yeah. the SNL guy. Then there's like a woman from, I forget what, what it's called, uh, uh, Standards. Standards and Practices. Standards and Practices. Yep. And like they'll say stuff, and then like they'll be like, can we say that? And yep. she's like, well, I'll check on that, da 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 da, -da. Yep. But it's so cool just to watch them like riff off each other. Like, oh, yeah. When I love how they play that lady, because um, there was an episode, I, I, I won't, I know the Abbott would not be happy, so I won't say what the phrase was, but it was when Cartman got hit in the head and thought he was an Asian lady of the night. <laughs> and there was a phrase they wanted to say, and they, they wanted to say it three times. So the first script they sent, they had him saying it 15 times. And they came back, you can't do that, you can't do that. You, you can only say it five times, which was more than they wanted. And they're like, 10, 7. Done. We only wanted it three times. <laughs> Just how they they know the system. They know how to play within the bounds and how to shoot for the moon so that the compromise is more than you actually wanted. Right. Right. I just love that, like you said before, you know, uh, making fun of everyone equally. And it's like they're slaughtering all the golden calves all the time. I, I love yeah. that about them. Like, you know, celebrities that think they're, you know, high and mighty and, you know, they know better than everyone. Oh yeah. Next week they're on South Park getting made fun of and Oh yeah. You know. I just oh, yeah. love that. Like Kanye West, like the classic Kanye West Kim Kardashian episode. Like, my wife is not a hobbit. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. just likes to stay in her room, which is slightly above below ground, smoking her pipe. Wait a minute. <laughs> Kinda like a hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a hobbit? <laughs> Yeah, and that's still going. I mean, what, what are they in, like, 20 seasons in now or something? More than that. It's like yeah. 25, 26. Wow. The only animated show right now that has more time on air. Simpsons? Simpsons. Yeah. And yeah. Simpsons knows if they quit, South Park's going to beat them. Yeah. I mean. Because those guys are probably, what, in their 50s? South e Park guys? Easily, easily. Yeah. Um, And it's one of those, you know, I mean. And that's one thing, too, is just watching how that media system has changed. Like, Simpsons used to be the commentary, highbrow, with also slapstick. And then they went a different path. You know, they wanted to maintain also the way they did things. They kept things. They wanted to keep doing the, uh, you know, construction paper, shot-for-shot shot system. Whereas, you know, Matt and Trey just, like... They did that for the first one. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, they did that for like the Santa versus Jesus yeah. one, right? And then they, you know, went to now there's animation and yeah, computers. It's like, and, yeah, let's just computer animate this. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think that's one thing that's amazing with the media, like to pull back that, you know, like how we consume is, you know, like like one of my favorite guys on YouTube right now is a, he's a Catholic um, in Virginia. There's a website, uh, YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. He's a conservative cartoonist. He has another day job too but like you know he he just does parody and comedy and he just does his computer skills and he just animates stuff and you know 
right pops it out again and again and again and again well i think you know sounds like this guy's in the same vein and what i appreciate about artists like uh you know the south park guys is that they're authentically themselves they're not beholden to a corporation i mean obviously they they they're aired through a corporation but by and large they're authentically themselves they make their own thing they stand by it if you don't like it don't Tough. watch it yep. you know and even with guys they have like isaac hayes you know was it isaac hayes yeah chef? isaac hayes played chef you know he's like look you gotta you, you gotta quit making fun of scientology and there was like well scientology gotta quit doing foolish things <laughs> right like don't do foolish things we can't make fun of you like right yeah and he quit and they let him quit yeah and then they purposely killed off the character in such a way that he could never come back yeah it's like, like don't make fun of like who, who who are you yeah it's like and everything is fair game you are our employee yeah we, are, we have one role the catholics make fun of the catholics the scientologists make fun of scientologists this is this is our rule right you know who else says don't make you can't make fun of this you know the guys that shot up charlie hebdo right you remember that yeah i remember that cartoon of the muhammad and these yeah. guys got so offended that they they shot up the place yeah. you know give me a well, break and that changed south park uh because south park in its early episodes there was a couple scenes a couple episodes where they depicted muhammad they had the uh the the super super friends or something it, it was like a spoof of like the uh like the um not the marvel but the uh the dc super friends uh-huh you know batman superman all that stuff but it was all religious figures so it had jesus and vishnu and muhammad and and it, it aired a couple times. And then the Hebdo thing happened. And they, and Comedy Center was like, we can't, we can't, sorry, man, we can't, can't. They pulled it from everything, Ugh. which is actually how I, I had a, I had a freshman one time who said he watched every single South Park episode. I was like, lies. He's like, no, I have. Ask me anything. Ask me anything. And I just looked on screen and I was like, all right. Then in the episode that's only aired three times, what is Muhammad's superpower? He can fly and he can shoot fire out of his hands. I'm like, <laughs> you have seen them all. It's like, you that's know, not good for a freshman, but <laughs> wow. You know, it reminds me of like, whenever I see a news story or, you know, whatever about this comedian said this offensive thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's the point of comedy. It's like right. pushing the envelope, purposely crossing the line. Yep. Because that's that's like one of the only venues left or arenas left where you can say stuff and people know that you're not being serious. You're not making a serious point. Well, and that was always the defense of the jester in the medieval courts too. Like why can the jester make fun of the king and provide social commentary? Because you don't know if he's serious or not. Right. Or like uh, I love Joe Rogan has a whole thing on that. It's like, look, when I'm doing a comedy show, don't try to cancel me because I'm lying to you. Right. Unless I tell you the, I'm telling you the truth. Right. Unless a lie is more important than the truth, then I might tell you I'm telling the truth and I still might <laughs> lie to you. Because that's my job. I need you to laugh. That's my job. Right. That's what makes comedy so fun and interesting to me is that you're going to hear stuff that you, you don't hear anywhere, anywhere else. Yeah. You know, and being a successful comedian is, is to be successful, you have to be original. Oh, yeah. You can't be like oh, yeah. anyone else. That's what makes it so cool. Yeah. Well, that's like, I love Burt Chrysler talking about how his daughter Isla got yelled at for cracking jokes in uh, in school, you know. And uh, he was there and got called in and they're going over everything. And the principal apparently went, apparently it was a very high expensive Catholic school. You know, and all girls like, you know, like, like, dang. 
Catholic school. And uh, and Bert just looked at us. Well, I actually do have one more one follow up question. I do. I and I, and it's important for me. It's it's a really important follow up question for me, right? Well, I'm a professional comedian, so I have to ask: How was her timing? <laughs> like, oh what? yeah, that's right. She gets in trouble, and then like yeah, yeah. At a point, apparently, Lindsay, his wife, is just like. <sighs> that is such a comedian thing to say, right? Like, trying to cut the seriousness with a you know undercut the seriousness with a joke. Yep. Yeah. You know? Because even it, that, he's not seriously asking how was her timing. Right, right. right. He's know? just diffusing. He, you know, he, he's the classic guy that can't handle the tension. So it's like, okay. Right. And then you do get comedians who will do seriousness just to mess with the system. Like, I ain't going to lie. My favorite episode of Rogan, not because I listened to it, but just because I love what he did. It was after he moved to Spotify. So when Rogan moved to Spotify, I think there was four or five episodes where um, Spotify said, you can't bring these over. Oh, right, right, right. Like, no. And so he he agreed and in his contract. He said, like, okay, we won't bring these over on condition. I get full control of every episode moving forward. If you ban an episode, I get released from my exclusivity contract and you still pay me. And Spotify agreed. And then he comes over and like two, three weeks later, Spotify bans Alex Jones from the platform. And so Rogan looked at his producer and goes, get him on. And he's like, what? He's like, let's test this. <laughs> and it's on there. Like, the only now thing of Alex Jones on Spotify is him on Rogan. Because they know they can't mess with that contract. Right. Because Rogan, for a fight announcer to comedian, had very good lawyers. Right. <laughs> you know... It- if you're listening to Alex Jones thinking that you're going to get, you know, you're going to get Walter Cronkite. Right. Just, you're just, you're not thinking. Yeah. When, when the man's shilling, you know, pills to make certain <laughs> body parts more powerful. Right, right. Like, no, no, like, no, you're, you're, you're not watching news. If you're on a website that, do, that, that purports to have like truthful news articles and they also sell their own supplements. It's probably not a good news website. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that's something, again, and, but, but again, that gets back to the fact that so few people are willing to think anymore, though. So few people are willing to dig past the headline. The headline. You know? Yeah, and I think that's the thing is that the news organizations know that. Yeah. You know, what 25-year-old sits down after dinner to watch the 6 o'clock news? Right. 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 They news organizations know that they're they're reading the headline. Maybe they're reading the first couple sentences, but that's it. Yep. They're not going deep. And I won't lie. That's one thing. Like I do like that. You know, Big Brother Zuckerberg has added to Facebook, and the fact that if you try to share a news article or a story without having opened it, it gives you a pop up. It's like you didn't read this. You still want to share it? Uh, I'm like, all right, I. That's a good point. I like it. Yeah, it's like it's like good point. Good call. Good yeah. good 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 call, Mr. Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just went through a bunch of layoffs. Yeah. Uh, and what I find crazy is everybody's on Musk for his layoffs and you know, Zuckerberg laid off more people. Yeah. And like nothing. 10,000, I think. Yeah. Meta really hasn't taken off like he thought it was going to take off. Right. The VR stuff, you know. Oh yeah. Well, the sure fact that it has to be linked to, you know, his mistake is he he tied it to his uh, 
Facebook stuff. And Facebook, again, has a EULA where they can can you. Who wants to spend $400 on a set of VR headsets and buy game after game only to be locked out of it and have it be a brick? Right. And that's happened to people. Yeah. Like, I know people from the jiu-jitsu world that that's happened to. Yeah. I'm like, ooh. Because I was talking to um, Brian about getting one because he has one he's getting rid of. Um, has to be wired to computer, but, you know, my, my rig will handle it. And... uh and I was talking to some other people. I'm like, yeah, don't, don't, don't go with that. Don't go with Oculus or Quest. I think Quest is the one. But it's like, why is it? Well, because if you get put in Facebook jail, your games don't work while you're in Facebook jail. <laughs> I'm like, huh? Yeah. Why would my video games be tied to what I said on Facebook? That's the thing now too with the internet. Everything's linked and yeah. you know, connected. And oh yeah, a lot of good things about it, but a lot of bad things about it too. Oh yeah. Oh, and I, you know, Twitter, I think, is laying... Well, Twitter has, like, a workforce of, like, 7,500 employees. Yeah. And I was listening to a commentator, and he's like, 7,500 to run Twitter? Yeah. You really need that many? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that's one thing I think you're seeing with Musk. You know, he, he's cutting the fat hard. Yeah. And I think part of it, like, like I, I love... I think it was Babylonian B had a great one. It was like, you know, ex-Twitter employees confu- and had them in McDonald's. You know, picture was a kid, guy at McDonald's or maybe it was Starbucks, but ex-Twitter employer is confused. He can't find his meditation room. Oh, for, yeah, I saw that, yeah. You know, to meditate while at work. Well, Babylon B, I just saw too. They're back on Twitter too. They're back they on Twitter. Bad. I yeah. mean, the the fact that a satire website, you know, a, a right. self-professed satire website right. was banned for, right. for posting something right. is just crazy. Well, that's like the um, the guy on Facebook that put up a satire that uh, satire uh, um, police website on Facebook for his hometown uh-huh. and started trolling them and got arrested for it. And his case is now before the Supreme Court. And The Onion filed an amicus brief that is now part of the official record of the Supreme Court. And it is classic Onion. It's pure satire with occasional, like, legit paragraphs yeah. basically pointing out like look this was all satire if we have to tell you this was satire it defeats the purpose of it being satire right well that would be an, that's an interesting sort of legal conversation because like impersonating a police officer is a crime yeah now you, let's say you know a guy dresses up as a police officer and he's walking up and downtown you know whatever can can a police officer can he just say, well, I'm just satirizing a police officer. Well, I'm not impersonating one. So what's cra- what's scary about that? There was a case I was reading, I think it was in the Fourth Circuit in Ohio uh, recently. A guy pretending to be a police officer pulled over a car, detained the car until people could come and actually arrest him. Police, Real police could come and arrest him. And the guy got sued. And his argument was qualified immunity. Because he was pretending to be a police officer, he should get the same qualified immunity as a police officer. Uh, The court gave it to him. Wow. Like, I ain't going to lie. When I read that, I I looked at it. I was like, all right, I get it. Police officers need some level of protection here. Uh But like, I'm sorry. I, I like what one of my buddies said, which is that any government employee 
who uses qualified immunity to shield themselves from legal responsibility should be barred from having that job here on out. You get your mulligan. It won't hurt you if you make the mistake. Uh-huh. But you can no longer do that job because you've made the mistake. I see. And that makes sense to me. Right. You know, it's just like, you know, I'm sorry. I, I think every cop should have to have, and again, some of my best friends in the gym are police officers. You know, I, I have many. But I'm a firm believer. I think with the way the technology is now, every officer should have to wear a body cam that they can't mute, they can't turn off. When they punch in, it comes off, it goes on them, and then it runs their entire shift, and then it sinks and it goes to a special master. A special right. master is a legal term for somebody whose sole job is to preserve the record. Uh, and like, you know, answer to the court. Yeah. But so that the police don't have access, the prosecutor doesn't have access, the court doesn't have direct access. You know, it's a neutral party who's designed to preserve everything that's there and distribute it to any party that needs it. I see. And I think I think that's how it should be. Yeah. And the technology exists to do it. Because how often have you know, you've seen videos like like that video that actually came out a couple years back. Thank God the dude had a had a had a a camera in a squad car that recorded it. But there was a, a an African American got arrested here in Jersey. And the whole time you hear through the radio of the officer is keep your hands up, keep your, you know, put your hands up, put your hands up, don't go for a gun, put your hands up, put your hands up, quit resisting, quit resisting, quit resisting. And the one camera is obscured, but another cop car was there facing into the guy's windshield. And you see the entire time this guy, this officer saying, you know, quit resisting, quit resisting, don't go for that. The guy literally had his hands behind his head interlaced like. What's he going to do? Doing nothing. Right. Like literally doing nothing. And the only thing that saved him from not getting like assault and battery charges on an officer, felony all this stuff was that his lawyer eventually realized, wait, there was another cop car there. Let's pull its camera too. And you got that different angle. It's like, whoa. Yeah. And I'm not saying most officers like that. Again, most of the officers I know, awesome people. Right. But at the same time, people are people. People bad make apples, mistakes. Bad apples in every occupation. Yeah. By and large, good. Yeah. I mean, look at, you know, look at, look at monks, look at priests, look at the church. By and large, good. Bad apples, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think we got a long way to go on that. You know, like, I, I just came back from a retreat with the kids, you know, and, and to hear some of them talk, you know, and, you know, how shocked they were by how normal I am. I'm just like, huh? Uh, Y'all had me before for class. Seriously? Yeah. You didn't realize this yet? Right. You're just a person. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, but it's the nature of the beast, I guess. Yeah. But I do think, I don't Yeah. When you said nature of the beast, it just made me think of uh, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast. (laughs) Good old Iron Maiden. Yeah. Not to introduce anything satanic here, but. No. Yeah. Well, did you hear the story of um, Black Sabbath? Like the song Black Sabbath? No, I've heard it. I know what it is, but it's a very scary song, especially when you're younger. It's about well, like a, like a, essentially like a 
ghost or like a demon at the foot of the guy's bed and all that. Yeah, because yeah. he, he woke up and that's he was like in like sleep paralysis and he, and he did that. But the story behind the rift, that chord progression in it. Oh, yeah. Because it's called something now. It's like called like demon, the, dem the demonic chord or like the satanic chord or something. Because it was a chord progression the Catholic Church banned in the Middle Ages. Because uh. it would, the thought was that it would the way the harmonics worked, it would summon a demon. Like invite, right? Yeah, it would invite demonic activity. It does sound evil. But what's crazy is the guy didn't know that. They were performing at a show in the UK, and uh, I think it was a professor from Oxford or Cambridge or something came up to him. I was like, that was really cool. Where did you do your research to get the progression? Like, how did you know that? <laughs> what are you talking about? And then the guy showed him that, like, you know, Told them everything and they faxed it and, and, and they were like, we did not plan this. Yeah. Maybe people actually shouldn't listen to this song. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was about a guy like, again, like he swears he, he saw that, that, that figure. Yeah. And then that was the riff that came from, from it too. So he's just like, maybe people shouldn't listen to this song. Yeah. And for people on, you know, in a band called Black Sabbath to be like, maybe this is too risky. Yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah, I loved I loved the band Black Sabbath, and I loved Ozzy growing up. My uh, my mm -hmm. aunt Cindy introduced me to him in in middle school. Uh, more of his like uh, solo stuff, but yeah, the Black Sabbath and stuff, and just awesome music. And I saw uh, I saw them a few years ago, and uh, they played uh, Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Yeah, and uh, oh no, this this would have been before I entered the monastery. Yeah, uh, it was back when uh, Ozzy was on tour with them. Yeah, still great. Yeah, you know, and Ozzy sounds alright. I mean, he's very he's a lot older now, but and I love. Did you watch the Osbournes when it was on MTV? Yeah, oh yeah, that was oh, an yeah. awesome show. Oh yeah, I love See, that show. My thing with Ozzy is I saw him live too, but and he can still sing, but every time he goes to like jump around or something, I'm I'm just afraid he's gonna break yeah, a hip. Yeah, yeah, it's like no, nah, dude, don't, don't, no, no, just sit down, sit down. Yeah, he likes to jump in place and clap. Yeah, and it's just like you, yet yeah, no, 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 you are one trip away from from death like yeah. don't no that's like you know people you know they're they're healthy you know their whole life and then in their 40s they get cancer yeah this guy's putting everything into his body possible yeah you know and, and he's still still chugging you know? yeah, or like keith richards or uh, tommy lee you know yeah. like 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 i love one comedian i forget who it was was it dave Chappelle? i was like look you know what's crazy like like there are certain certain rock stars where you know they do the wrong drug one time, they die. And it's, it's a tragedy. And then you got other ones where like, you, you just wonder how it happened. Like, 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 like Motley Crue. Like you lock them into a recording studio with like, like a wheelbarrow full of cocaine. They open up the door three days later, all the cocaine's gone, no one's dead, and the record goes triple platinum. <laughs> Not advocating drug use, making right. that clear. But it's just, it's like, you look back at the lifestyle some of those like 70s, 80s rockers did before like the AIDS epidemic and stuff oh, like that. Crazy. And you're just looking at it like, how did you not die? <laughs> yeah. Like how? Yeah. Again, like I love uh, Heath Richards doing an anti-drug commercial. <laughs> and uh, uh, someone, I think it was Leno or somebody pointed out to him like, because like he was then on like the show. Like, yeah, you realize the irony of this, right? Like, you telling people not to do drugs, like, right. like, uh huh, yeah, it's like that's only because you can't do anymore, man. <laughs> He's hit his limit, right? 
Speaking of which, I think we're near our limit for the show. We are. Well, we're like right at, um, you know, 52, 53 minutes. We shoot for an hour, but at the same time, we're probably going to call this a little early because um, a wonderful New Jersey woman has a professional MMA fight tonight. Yes, yeah, so I, I just saw it on the news, the uh, one championship, which is like uh, all different kinds of martial art yeah. rules, right? It's not like UFC, which is like essentially anything goes, more or less. Well, UFC uses unified MMA rules. One championship it's, lets the fighters determine the rule set. Right, so it's like a Muay Thai match, or right. a jiu-jitsu match. Or a or, kickboxing right. match, right. or a boxing match, or an MMA fight. They do a lot of MMA fights. Right. But, yeah, you... The fighters come, it's it's like the old school gentleman's agreement boxing match or whatever. The fighters pick the rule set and then they, they basically shop around to find a country or a commission that'll sanction it. Right. Which probably is more inherently dangerous, but definitely makes for a cool promotion. Yeah. And they are quickly coming up on the heels of the UFC. Yes. Yeah, so They're not there yet, but you look at market growth, uh, one championship is coming up on Bellator and they're probably going to overpass Bellator and, you know, probably never dethrone the UFC, but they might actually get the UFC to have to start paying their fighters reasonable money. Yeah. So I just heard about that today, this one championship and it's showing you have, it's free with prime. Yeah. Can't, can't beat that. And we got prime. So with that, I think it's probably a good spot to sign off. Definitely. Uh, you know, I think we had a good talk, uh, I think we should call this episode "What Is Truth" or "Read Behind the Headlines." I was thinking the number of the beast. Number of the beast. All right, all right, we'll go with that. Yeah. All right, number of the beast. It is. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hope you enjoy this. Hope you come back for more. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. We'd love to get some more views on this. Again, we're still averaging like right around forty, um, which is not small, but would love it to be bigger. You know, I'd love to get that invite to go on like Rogan or uh, Mike Knowles or something like that. So let's uh, let's make this blow up. That's right. All right, gentlemen. From Father Demetrius here at St. Mary's Abbey. Have a good one. And Brother Will, peace. Peace.